This is so important because this concept of winning the first 15% of win, what's important now, what it begins to do the most, Dale, is it begins to highlight on all the noise and distraction and waste that we actually do that's self-creating. Unleashing your best in life and work. This is the Game Changers with Eric Bowles and host Dale Dixon. Starting strong to finish well to unleash your best in life and work. Welcome to the Game Changers podcast. I'm your host, Dale Dixon. I help leaders be their best on stage and in front of the camera. And I'm the Chief Innovation Officer for a Better Business Bureau. Eric Bowles coaches, trains, and inspires leaders to unleash their potential and the potential of those around them. Eric, great to be with you today. Great to be with you, my friend. We are just reminiscing five weeks on the road, bouncing from one coast to another. Just, I'm, I'm super curious, real quick. How, what's your approach to jet lag and dealing with time changes? Oh, oh, great question. I think I've been doing it so long that, um, I don't know if I really thought about the process of it. But the reality is, I, I one benefit I got is if it's dark outside, I'm sleepy. <laughs> and when the, when I see sound of the morning, I wake up. So uh, that is the one thing that does help me. I you know I can get up in the morning. I can do pretty good with going to sleep at night. My challenge is in the afternoon. Um, mm. My challenge is you know it gets. I mean, right after lunch, um, you know where it, now I you would think because I'm on the on the West Coast uh, typically that when it's you know, one o'clock or two o'clock on the East Coast is, you know, I'm, I'm starting to be awake. I'm not because I start really awake early. And so when it hits me, it hits me pretty hard. And um, my, so it's always important for me. I, I don't, I eat light. Um, I, I engage also in the role that I play in, in many of these, uh, whether I'm presenting or more importantly, consulting or strategic planning, those sessions. Um, it, I, I like to be fully present as well. And really paying attention is tiring. Like, yeah. you know, really, I mean, when you use your attention, I mean, you're burning calories like you are, like you, you're paying attention. And so, you know, uh, that's usually the, the, the dealing with jet lag. That's, that's usually the hard part. It's those uh, afternoons uh, that you usually kick in. I don't always do a great job of this, but my wife helps me a lot with, with when I get home or when I'm going, she just, reminds me of the things that I need to do to sleep, you know, cause sleep really makes a difference. Even if I need to nap, um, you know, just these little moments that kind of help me recover. Um, because wherever I'm at, you know, uh, I am, my value to an organization, to a leader is, is not only the information or the assistance I can get, but to give good assistance, I have to base it on good information. So I got to pay attention. Right. <laughs> it's bad. It's hard and to be fully present. Yeah. yeah it's, hard. it's hard to fake. I said, the only thing worse than, you know, people can tell me you care or not. The only thing worse than not caring is fake caring and trying to fake pay attention is hard. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So that was just a, a bit of a rabbit hole, but I wanted to, uh, let's dive into today's topic and this idea of starting strong, which is the focus in order to finish strong and whatever endeavor we're, we're talking about. And you mentioned that it, this really came from a number of conversations that you've had over the course of the last week with some of the clients. And so uh, break it down and 
what you what you are thinking for as a definition for starting strong. Okay, is this so, the planning stage where we talk about sharpening the axe for fifty yeah. minutes if we only have one hour to cut down a tree or, or yeah, yeah, lead yeah. us through it. It's it is it's in that it's in that realm. Let me start. I start it this way without being too uh, from a, a statistical or technical standpoint. Um, everybody wants to win. You know, we all want to win. We have to define what a win is. But if for the simplicity of it, we want to win the game. Whatever sport it is, you want. my goal is to win the game. Well, in order to win the game, there's a number of things that need to take place to ensure that happens. Because winning is a byproduct. We start with that in mind, but that doesn't create the win. What creates the win is what we do in the moment. The word win, many people will know. They've heard the acronym before. I've been told all my life in football, also I've been told in business. Win is an acronym for what's important now. So when I, in the culmination of doing enough of those winning plays, so the word winning is a, it's just the momentum that happens when you keep doing what's important now, right? And I keep doing that back to back to back to back, and then you end up at the end result where you want to be. The problem happens sometimes. We get so enamored and so excited about winning, about we want to win, we don't really define what's important now, like because it's now that matters because now leads to what we do next. It was, uh, it was uh, uh, the you know was it was Edward Deming. We're all familiar with Deming's work, right? With all the work that um, uh, uh, Doctor Deming did and his contribution uh, in terms of quality. Um, but after fifty years of all his statistical study, he discovered that every process has a beginning and an end. But if you can get the first 15% of every process right, you have an 85% uh, likelihood in terms of success for the whole project. So so the, the key is, can I get the beginning right? Can I get these initial conditions uh, right? And then we can ensure at least 85% of desired outcome. Now, that sounds like a really big number. I'm trusting Deming, and I've seen a lot of things. But even if though many of us aren't analysts, but if we just use our subjective data, right, right, our own personal lives, usually when I get the beginning of my morning right, the rest of my morning goes pretty good. Now, I'm not going to say the entire day, but even if just the morning up to lunch, if I can get that first 30 minutes right, I get a good workout in the morning, you know, I get a chance to you know, do do my uh, the prayer time devotion for some people's meditation. Uh, if I do my reading to grow my mind, if I do some journaling, uh, and then I have my day planned, the probability that at least that first half of my day starts well goes up. And then for me, I break my day like it's halftime. Can I get the third quarter, you know, the start of the third quarter, which is start of the second half, can I get the beginning of that part right? So if I can win that, right? the probability that the rest of the day finishes well is high. The reason I say, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of, hey, if, if I don't win my morning right, the rest of the day goes terrible. No, I, I split my day into halftime. Right? <laughs> I may not win the first half, but can I win the second half of my day with a good start? So in, in, in it, when we're doing it strategically or as a leader of a company uh, or with leaders, you know, I have them look at, okay, we know what our big bets are for the year. We know what our strategic plan is. We know what our goal is. What do we win? What, what, where do, what's important now? Like, what do we need to win 
now. And I even bring it all the way down to today. What do I need to win this week? And if I need to win that this week, how do I win now ensuring that I win this week? So it's just constantly backing up to the very thing I can actually do now. I'm just thinking about the variety of applications where we see this concept in action from, and it is, it's the subjective, but for the person who's sitting out there thinking, I don't know that I really buy that. I don't know that the strong start really sets me up for success. Think about customer acquisition. Mm. It is acquiring the customer is usually the hardest and most expensive. Yep. And then, then the job becomes keeping the customer. That would be the rest of the 85%. But getting the customer, that's the truly hard work. Dale, when you just said that, if I sit back and look at my, you know, I, I have a lot of clients, prospect, you know, we got a lot of prospects, uh, but my clients, the one I've been working with for a long time, I will tell you, we go much further, but we go much further and it's much easier because of the level of trust, because of the engagement. But establishing that, getting to that point where the trust level's there, you got to go through, you know, all the gravitational pulls. You got to go through the inertia. The way I like to combine it is the majority of the fuel that's used on a plane is getting off the ground, right? Like, and, and, and where's the most of people's marketing dollars spent? Right, where what usually creates the most anxiety for all of us is not oh we got too many clients. No, I, I mean you know that's a good problem. Some people may have that, but the reality is, it's the acquisition of a client. It's the holding on to a client. Hey, it's if somebody wants to be very transparent right now and be honest, if you have a if you have a um, retention challenge, right? If you're struggling right now with retention of your folks, uh. There is a high probability that the majority of the people you're leaving, uh, you're losing, you're losing them in the first six to six to nine months. Yet the amount of money you spend on them before they really contribute anything is extremely high. So I, the number of organizations I look at and say, okay, what's winning look like? This. Well, in order to win like this, there's probably a high probability having really good people working for you who understand what to do, how to do it, how to engage with the customer, create what we like to call uh, the great book out called unreasonable hospitality, right? Those who really get it. But in order for them to get to that place, we got to hold on to them long enough to get a return on that. Yet so many people work on getting people in the door, but they don't realize we got to get the first 15% of that right. Now that first 15%, don't confuse 15% 15% of the process, meaning that's uh, um, uh, a- equivalent to, you know, um, um, only 15% of the time. No, that 15% of the process in terms of re- resources, time spent, where it may be significant, but the 85% that follows should be significantly easier, significantly effort, almost effortless. I got a good friend named uh, Andrew Walzer from Walls Automotive Group, and it's a great, he uses that language, it's so right. He goes, man, we know we're doing an effective job for our customers and everybody when we become more effortless. And, And it's just brilliant on Andrew's part. Like, that is it. But effortless doesn't mean easy. Effortless usually takes a lot of effort up front. 
right? And doing those things. So when we talk about that's what a win looks like. So how do we win? What like what's important now to make sure that happens? Two more areas where I think we see this in real life. Um, number one, speaking. If when you take the stage and or when you get up in front of a group of people, if you can nail that first thirty Come seconds. Some moment. I mean, from as a speaker, how yeah. do you feel when you yeah. get up and you nail that first thirty seconds? The rest of the the presentation becomes effortless well, because you put the money in, the the work in. That's right. I, I one of the things that um, um, I rely on or that I depend on uh, when I'm speaking is I, I feed off of energy, and so since I feed off of energy, and I don't care who the client is, the group it is now. Fortunately, I know how to create energy for myself if I can't feed off of the audience. You always have to have a backup plan. But I find out real early that the more you can engage a group with each other, not just with me, just to be engaged with the head and the heart. And this is why I, I tell leaders very often, I said, look, your, your very beginning might have a little head in it, but get a heart story early. Get something that connects across the board. Because once you're connected with your group and you get through that first initial part you talked about, the rest of it is flow. Now you're flowing. And that's the space we want to get to. And I, this is why I always encourage individuals, don't begin your day disrupting a flow. Oh, I got to check my emails. I got to check the news. I got to check that. Well, even if you get all that stuff, your ability to be effective with all that Garbage is low. If I can get effective first, then that stuff may come. It won't have the same impact. The way I like to describe it this way, Dale. If I can get my fire burning hot early, then all that distraction, wood and wet logs, they just get burned up. But if I start with that, then I'm never going to get the fire burning in the first place. And this happens yeah. all the time. So one last example, and, and let's take it to the football field, because you know that one so well. What, what's a coach's approach to the first of the game and then right coming out of halftime? The beginning of the game, offensively and defensively, but primarily offensively, the first 10 to 15 plays are always scripted. Not only Now understand, it's a big football game. But the first 10 to 15 plays, which on a good game or a good day, Every team may run. The goal is, you know, if you can get 80 plays in, it's hard to lose when you can run 80, 80 to 85 plays in a game and even more, right? Like that means you had the ball a lot. You controlled it. All of those things are great. But think about 15 plays. You're getting close to those numbers, right? Like 80, you know, 20%, 100 plays, about 15%. We get it. But what's part about it is we script it. And the reason it's scripted is so we can replay it over and over. We practice it. We do the perfect play drill. Are there adjustments made? Yes. But do we change the order? Yes. But it's still those same 10 to 15 plays. And everybody on the team, on the offense, knows that we've done it over and over again. Do you know the level of confidence you go into the beginning of the game when you have the first part of the game, you know what you're running? You know what you're going to do? That is such a big deal because it, it's what cascades the rest of it. If you go into the game, and you don't know what play may be called at the beginning. And how many plays you got a playbook? A lot. Right? It's hard to be effective this way. And then the second part, you just got to do describing it. Coming out of halftime, this is why you always hear coaches, basketball, football, whatever it is, 
can you win the third quarter, especially the beginning of the third quarter. The first five minutes of the third quarter are everything. So for so many of the teams who've won championships, all you got to do is a stat. Go assess how in football, how do they do in the third quarter? In basketball, do they win the third quarter? It is almost it is it is crazy how accurate winning teams are. Championship teams seem to all win the third quarter. Okay. So now let's make this real in the business. And you know, you talk about leading strategic planning and what does that look like? So as you are working with a client, what steps are you taking with them to basically map out those first 10 to 15 plays of the game? Uh, yeah, the first 10 to 15 plays, it's, it's, it's action steps. So, you know, just for simplicity, what are the action steps we're going to take to, uh, and, 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 and if it's our goal for the next year, our action steps, it's not only for the next week, but what's our what needs to take place in the first in the next ninety days that collapses as much time to that ultimate goal we can go after? Once we lock on that, we then just keep working backwards. We don't we don't want to work backwards from the end of the year to now. That's sometimes too big. And I tell our world's changing too fast. But what's our ninety day goal? Where do we want to be ninety days from now in alignment with what we've defined for the year as winning? Okay, okay, we got that. Now let's start working backwards. What actions, what needs to take place for that to happen? We begin to pull that out. Okay, now that we know these are the actions, we now need to turn around and then determine, right, okay, who's owning each one of these actions? Doesn't mean they got to be the one to do it. They are the one responsible for it because we want to make sure uh, what's important now means we're doing our job, what we need, and that comes along with accountability. So a conversation about intentions and planning, that's the problem with planning many times. We plan. So we have a willingness to plan. We just don't always have a willingness to act. Okay? So we want to make sure the plan and the action go inside, co- coincide. So not only do we determine what we need to do, who's responsible for doing, or, or at least having it done, may not be the person to do it, but at least having it done. The next question is, when will it be done and when will we report on the action that was done? So this is why I tell people when we to be able to get to what's important now, you may need to completely repurpose the meetings you already have. The days of people just uh, giving assessments of what they're working on and where, no, you shouldn't be working on anything that isn't connected to our big bets. You shouldn't be working on anything. that Now, if you're responsible for keep for the maintenance of the work that needs to be happening, that supports all the other stuff, okay, great. But it needs to be in alignment with where ultimately we're trying to go. This is so important because this concept of winning the first 15% uh, um, uh, uh, of win, what's important now, what it begins to do the most, Dale, is it begins to highlight, uh, shine a light on all the noise and distraction and waste that we actually do that's self-created. Many times we believe, anybody says, well, how do I get to that when I don't have time? Whoa, we better sit back and determine then why don't you have time? Because this is what we've already described as winning. Why are we doing losing plays if they're not connected to winning? And it needs to be looked at. I mean, this is where I like, this is the, I like to call it the, the, the truth. It's the truth t- test, right? Like it's, it's absolute truth. Does that connect to us winning? And if it doesn't, Let's not figure out, should we keep doing it? Just figure out, what should we be doing that's leading us to winning? Everything that isn't connected to that cannot be 
one person said, time's a resource. No, time is a priority. Oh, money's a resource. No, money's a priority, right? And we just want to make sure those priorities are in alignment with what we've determined what is when is. But, but, and if we get that first part right, so now when I go into this week and I know how my actions this week are so critical to the 90-day goal we're going after, it's the momentum. Then when we get together as a team or we have our weekly meeting, man, we're talking about what we've done, how we're going to make adjustments to then create the same kind of win for the next week. And if we can, not if, when we keep doing that, the momentum alone is so energizing, you don't want to spend time doing stuff that doesn't matter. Like winning is fun. Like accomplishing and making progress, it's fun. Man, losing sucks. And sometimes losing, it's not even losing a game. It's just not even being aware you're in a game. Like, it's like I don't play games that I can't win, like, or at least have the pursuit of winning, Ugh, right? And so sometimes work becomes like that, where people don't know what a win is. They don't know what a, a loss is because they're just doing the same thing. And, and so th- this is why this matters so much. It is the flywheel effect. Yes. You've got, you just described the flywheel and that those first steps gets the flywheel turning and then coming back and reassessing, uh, adjusting, keeps the flywheel and increases the speed of the flywheel and the momentum of the organization. And, and the beauty of this is not only is it great when it's a, uh, as a leader seeing this in a combination, but we, we know it to be true in all areas of our lives. Like we all feel most accomplished when we're, when we feel progression in our life. In every area of our life where you feel like you're progressing or moving, it, 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 it energies that. <laughs> and so this isn't just all oh, some research. No, this is human behavior. We're just talking about basic human behavior. So really what we're fighting against is not the ability to, to, to succeed in these areas. It's not, that's not going to stop us. It's the distraction and the noise that it gets usually self-created. I, I, uh, one of my mentors would say often, he says, Eric, the only reason you, your goals are, the reason why you won't accomplish your goal will be because of broken focus, not because of lack of confidence. And it was, a, it was an aha moment. And he didn't even say that one more time. He said, the reason you won't accomplish your goals uh, will be because of broken focus, not lack of competency. And he said it so directly. And I wanted to argue. I was like, what do you mean lack of competency? But now there's certain things. He goes, no, there's many organizations, people, individuals, leaders who lack your skill, who lack your knowledge, who lack all that stuff. Accomplishing the very thing you're going after right now and even more so. They're just better at not getting distracted. They're just better at being focused on the things that lead to winning. That's the difference. And I was like, game changer. (laughs) (laughs) okay i don't think there's much more to add after that i'm with you my man that was that was your mic drop right there boom anything else you want to add no no this this has been great but again uh i said i said you asked me is there anything i want to add and i said no and now i'm adding something um but but just the acronym, uh, so it's a good mem- remembering uh, to memory. In order to win, what's important now?
And that's what that acronym is. We use the sports business and everything. It just allows me to create focus on what's in front of me. But what's in front of me still needs to be based on where we want to end up. That's why the planning matters. I don't want to just do what's in front of me without it being connected to an ultimate result I want. That's why the strategic planning, the purposeful thinking, that's why Covey said begin with the end in mind. But once I began with the end in mind, it doesn't mean I stay there. I now got to do what's important now that's in front of me that leads to that. Okay. We would ask that uh, you, the listener, give us a five-star rating. That would be a huge help on the podcast. Just take a moment in your favorite podcast app. While you're there, if you haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast so that you're alerted each and every time we drop a new episode. And then finally, feel free to connect with Eric or myself. You can find Eric at thegamechangersinc.com, thegamechangersinc, all one word, dot com. His website, he's also active on LinkedIn. You can find him there. Um, I'm at daledixonmedia.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got an idea for a podcast episode, send it our way, something we can tackle that would help your business be better and help you unleash your best in life and work. We were all about that. We'd love to hear from you. So with that, have a fantastic day. Thanks for the homework assignment. Eric, you have a fantastic week. You too, my friend. Appreciate you. The Game Changers, unleashing your best in life and work with Eric Bowles and Dale Dixon. Eric is an executive coach, leadership expert, change consultant, and keynote speaker. Read his book, Moving to Great, and find him at ericbowles.com. Connect with Dale at daledixonmedia.com.